0: All right, everybody, welcome to the July 27th edition Cascadian Views. I've got both Dan and Chris with me here this week. How are you guys doing? All right. How are you? I'm doing all right. Playing with a little soundboard and whatnot to have some fun. Uh, One thing that's been a lot of fun for speculation is uh, we're expecting Biden to announce his vice presidential pick in four days, I believe. Five days.
1: I think he said somewhere around August first. Uh, I think okay. it could be as early as Friday, but uh, I figure this is probably be the last chance we've got to yeah. yak about it before everybody knows.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought he had committed to the first. I, I am probably misinformed on that then. Uh, and we all know it's going to be Camelot, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're dangling a lot of spec, a lot of. Uh, Mixed messages in the press the last few days. True.
0: Some people are. Chris Dodd is on an absolute warpath against her and apparently is like the sole reason Val Cummings is uh, in the vice presidential shortlist. Yeah. Um, He really doesn't like Kamala. Um, And by the way, that was mostly a joke about Kamala. There's nothing like confirmed about that, but it has been. uh, It's. Extremely assumed to be her. Yeah. Um, She's been doing a lot of of
1: risk profile of the campaign. I'm pretty sure she leads the Vegas line, but yeah. Yeah.
0: She's been doing an awful lot of fundraising for Biden as well, Mm -hmm. appearing uh, at events with him, really trying to be a sidekick, uh, I would say, although that may be diminishing her role a bit. She is, you know, her own actor with her own power base and all that. But uh, Biden has pledged to make it a woman for his vice presidential pick. He's independently pledged to make a black woman his first uh, Supreme Court pick. But there's no reason his vice presidential pick can't also be a black woman. Right. Um, Kamala does have a lot of strengths, but she's also pretty despised by, you know, the rose branch of the party, I guess I would say. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah. Well that I think the bigger o- obstacle more than
1: an ideology would be that if he does pick her, that pretty much ends any kind of competitive primary in twenty twenty four or twenty twenty eight that kind of makes her the heir apparent and then we don't have a primary, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, It's interesting to mention 2024 and 2028. I don't think anybody expects Biden to be a two-term president, do they?
1: Maybe he does,
0: but yeah. yeah. (laughs) I wonder about him. I mean, he is already ancient. We're not going to elect a president in their 80s, are we? How old was Reagan when he was reelected?
2: Uh, he was 74-ish, because he was 78 at the end of his second term.
1: Yes, I think he was like, yeah, 73, 74 in, when he was reelected. So he's, I mean,
0: Biden is... 77 nearly, already,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So he's nearly as old as Reagan was when he left office, so... Uh, right.
0: And he'll be 78 before he takes office his first term. His birthday is November 20th, so... Yeah, he would be 78 years old the day he signed or uh, sworn into the White House, which means he would be 82 if he were to run for re-election.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess you never know how someone's ego is going to play once they're in there. But for my money, the best move he could make would be to announce about a year out from the end of the term, hey, I've done what I came here to do. I'm resigning. VPX is now the president or will be on a set date, and then just work on the reelection from there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or I think at the very least make his intentions clear like very shortly after the midterms. I would think,
0: yeah, I don't know if he necessarily has to resign early, but it should be well known a couple of years in advance that he's not going to be seeking the nomination.
1: Yeah, yeah. it should not be an election year surprise, Lyndon Johnson style.
0: (laughs) Right. One of the uh, pieces I was reading is that Biden's uh, hunt for a VP is getting a little bit complicated by the fact that Biden thinks he did, like, the world's best job as vice president, which I can't really fault him for. He was a pretty good vice president. But uh, there was a a big article, I think it was in The Hill. Uh, I might be wrong on that, though about how uh biden has a list of qualities he thought he exemplified in the vice presidential slot and he's trying desperately to find somebody who ticks all the boxes that he did so that he could have his own biden
1: yeah i mean the job description is don't screw up don't get the president in trouble you know stay alive in case something happens to the president and he mostly checked all the boxes i mean he the few cases where he probably went beyond where he should have was, I mean, when he pushed Obama on gay marriage in 2012. But really, <laughs> mm-hmm. who's going to argue with the For results? Sure. Yeah, yeah, even when think. he
0: went off script, he did it well.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, do we, anybody feel like taking bets on this? Uh,
1: I I think you're right that Kamala's, uh, Kamala's probably the top bet, but I've got... I think uh, Tammy Duckworth is a pretty solid dark horse as well still.
0: Is uh, Tammy Baldwin still in the mix?
1: Um, I, I'd assume she is. I, I mean, my personal feeling is I hope she's not because a liberal progressive Democratic senator in Wisconsin is a very difficult thing to replace. So <laughs> right. I, I wouldn't want to strip the farm team.
0: She's not incredibly liberal.
1: She's fairly progressive, I, I think. I mean, I don't know if she's up there with fine gold, but probably in that mold. Uh,
0: I've, I've noticed the, the DSA branch of the party is very much um, upset with her, which is weird because she was the mm. daily cost favorite back in the day. With Baldwin. Uh, yeah, Baldwin's the one. Let me make sure I'm getting this right. Baldwin's the one who uh, lost two legs in Iraq, right?
1: No, you're thinking that's Duckworth.
0: That's Duckworth. Uh, oh, OK. Yeah. I did have them mixed up. I apologize. Two yeah. Tammies. What can you yep. do? Now I feel yeah. like Ron Swanson.
1: No, yeah. <laughs> I miss Ron Swanson. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: got his Tammies. Oh, that's <laughs>
1: wild. Um, yeah, no, I mean.
0: Okay, I, I do thing. think Duckworth is a good choice then. She has a very compelling yeah. story that I think plays extremely well.
1: Yeah. And, and
2: really freaked Trump out. Oh, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: She's the one who coined, you know, Cadet bone spurs. So, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Uh, all right. Let's so take I'm a... Sorry, go ahead. Thing, Chris.
2: I just wanted to say I've been seeing, and I, I hope they don't do this. There are so many good reasons not to do this, but I've been seeing a lot of late-surging Susan Rice speculation.
0: Yeah. The former, former UN ambassador? Mm-hmm. Um... Why do we think that's a bad idea?
2: Let me ask that. I think it will be all Benghazi all day.
1: Yeah. There's you know she was already controversial as uh, you know she was actually up for consideration for Secretary of State under Obama but yeah she was torpedoed by Benghazi also lack of electoral experience I think is an issue especially with again the person that I think we're all assuming is going to be the front-runner for the Democratic nomination in either 24 or 28. Uh, kind of thrusting them into that world without, I think, really without even statewide electoral experience is, I think that's dangerous, and I think it's, it's risky, especially with as old as uh, our nominee is.
0: That's very fair, um, especially on the electoral aspects. I question if Benghazi will matter. Mm-hmm. I really think that's a scandal that whatever legs it has fell off long, long ago. <laughs> yeah,
2: I would think so. But I guess I'm just using that as a kind of proxy for mm-hmm. she's been a target for the right wing since the Obama years. Like they're really up in arms about her still. Yeah. And I just don't know if we want a big dose of that in the middle of this campaign.
1: Yeah. I think the way I'd put it, you know, maybe not so much about Benghazi specifically, but the status quo of this election right now is, in crass terms, it's really good for Biden. You know, Trump is mm-hmm. far behind; he's screwing up left and right, and nothing is getting better. Um,
0: he's losing fairly large chunks of his own base, or the Republicans' yeah. typical base.
1: Yeah, the one thing we don't want is to change the discussion from that to change the discussion from, you know, basically how awful Trump is doing and anything that, you know, is gives the press something to latch on to because they are bored and they are desperate for anything but, you know, Biden romping to an eight to ten point win with no fluctuation and drama is, you know they're gonna do anything to avoid that. And (laughs) this would be a prime, you know, kind of right across the plate for
0: them to take that up. So we want a boring, uh, VP nominee,
1: I think, or at least one that doesn't change the dynamic is my thought,
0: which Biden needs a Tim Kaine. That's not (laughs) male and white. Yeah. That's
1: that's sounds like a job for Harris. Yeah. Harris there. Uh, Duckworth is also kind of probably right in that. Wheelhouse doesn't rock the
0: boat. Okay. Uh, Let's move on from the VP uh, talk then. We do uh, have some coronavirus news. I mean, we always do. We're back over a thousand cases a day. But the Mm -hmm. highest ranking U.S. official to catch the uh, disease is now our national security advisor. Uh, Trump was asked about this. He could not remember the last time he met with him. Says it hasn't been <laughs> recently. Jesus. <laughs> uh, which, frankly, I kind of buy. Trump doesn't seem like the kind of guy to meet with his national security advisor very often. Uh, his oh. last one is currently in court against him. So <laughs>
1: That is so typical of this administration. <laughs> yeah. Oh.
0: Uh, he is apparently still doing his job. He's, he's working from home. Uh, once again, totally by that. I don't believe in this White House National Security Advisor breached the president that often. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. But that is uh, the largest scalp COVID-19 has claimed so far in the U.S. government. And uh, it comes on the heels. Last week saw our first congressional death of coronavirus. Not a sitting congressman, but one of their staff uh, passed away to the disease. It's getting up into the, uh, the workings of Washington, I think. We'll check back in on that one. Uh, we're rapidly closing in on possibly 200,000 deaths. Um, there was a, a big study that looked at the death rate in the U.S. compared to the death rate uh, in most other years controlled for the population growth in each year. And we're sitting at 179,000 uh, more deaths than a typical year. So, wow. the, yeah, the, the number of coronavirus deaths may be approaching 80,000. That would include people who died at home without getting tested and whatnot. Uh, it's kind of a fuzzy number. Excess deaths could, you know. attributed to other things maybe there was a rash of ladder accidents or something uh in the u.s but i do think it gets you pretty close to the real number whereas relying on overstretched over you know saturated hospitals whose reporting is as good as it can be but they're also stuffed to the brim with people and you know all these people dying at home which was a pattern you saw in new york in the early days of the pandemic uh makes me think that that's closer to what the real number is. Uh, We had, sorry, go ahead, Chris.
2: I was just going to say, I think that's probably right on. There have been many studies that consistently show probably somewhere between 20 and 30% higher deaths than the officially reported number for various reasons.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's going to take us quite a few years, I think, to get... The real picture of this outbreak, and it's going to look better or worse each time we, we go through the data. Uh, we had a bit of a an international kerfluffle between us and China. Could you guys follow that at all?
1: Something about our embassies being shut down. Uh,
0: I I said embassy, but it's actually consulates. Um, yeah, yeah. The the Houston consulate for the the Chinese government was given a 48-hour notice to shut down. They proceeded to burn enough documents in the courtyard that Houston Fire Department had to show up. Um, they, they just absolutely incinerated everything they had in there. The government accused them of engaging in uh, industrial espionage. There was an also an incident of a Chinese diplomat in the US on a fake passport, uh, formerly the chief of mission in Australia. Uh, was here on forged identity documents. I don't know if they're forged. They were issued by the Chinese government, but fake identity documents, uh, apparently to facilitate corporate espionage. Uh, After the U.S. closed the Houston uh, consulate, China, in a tit-for-tat measure, which, I mean, they basically had to do, uh, closed the Chengdu consulate, uh, which had been established a little over 40 years ago. Uh, Chengdu is roughly equivalent to Houston in China in terms of, you know, position on the largest cities in China list and Houston in the largest cities in the U.S. list. So, uh, it it was proportional. Uh, but it does signify even more like, breakdown in relations between China and the U.S., which has been a real big problem. We're going to have to learn to live with each other at some point. Uh, China could do well to maybe be less of an evil monster, but they're not going away. Mm -hmm. They're not going to suddenly vanish, and I don't think we're going to engage in a nuclear war with China. So we're going to have to figure something out.
2: Yeah, we also need a generation of the Republican Party that doesn't keep using the phrase communist China. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, red China or whatever. Yeah, exactly. As Ted Cruz was doing less than 24 hours ago. Oh, good lord.
0: Yeah, their communism yeah. is really just in name. I mean, China has more billionaires now than the U.S.
2: Yeah. They are a nice capitalist totalitarian state.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. they they metamorphized from a totalitarian communist state to, after <laughs> Mao died, a totalitarian capitalist state.
1: Right. Well, uh, yeah, you're right, it's going to take leadership in America that can rationally deal with them without kind of going to knee jerk 1950s you know reactionary positions and actually engage with the China that exists which is yeah a pretty dangerous opponent I
0: I also think China needs to feel more secure before they're ever going to be a real partner in all this um Mm -hmm. And we saw that for, for long periods of time. China was fairly secure in its position, and the U.S. and China were able to work together on a great many things. Um, and I, I've mentioned this before, but China, while not being a liberal democracy, very much depends on other countries being liberal democracies. China's whole structure and economy does not work if all the countries around them are just like China. They right. They are almost... It's a there's negative connotations to the term, but they're they're almost parasitic about it. Their mm-hmm. whole structure is built on servicing liberal democracies and um, existing within the cracks that liberal democracies have to allow on the international stage. Uh, and I think China rapidly feels some of that slipping away. Uh, its position is not secure if America is in autocratic. Uh, you know totalitarian state just like China is uh, and I think a lot of that is maybe motivating um, some of the conflict with the Trump administration uh, China wants to sit back and sell us stuff and make money and buy our debt because they know that we will pay it back because the rule of law says we have to whereas you know countries like China could just say fuck you we're not paying um, so yeah, I, I think there's a feedback loop there, and I think both sides are feeding into each other negatively right now. And we might be able to flip it around with some sane leadership into a positive feedback loop. hmm mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that, Chris?
2: No, I think it's. I think it's true. I think there is inevitable tension because. China will want to do more global stage things that for, you know, for a few decades now, really only the U S has been doing. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, like you said, the way China works is there's lots of countries to sell things to. Yeah. (laughs) And lots of back and forth trade and commerce and travel.
0: All right. Um, we had Trump with another attack on mail-in voting. On Twitter just yesterday, he was indicating that he doesn't think mail-in ballots are ballot at all and shouldn't be counted towards the results of the election. This comes two weeks after he was on Fox News, uh, where he pointedly refused to see uh, to declare that he would respect the results of the election, said he'd have to see what the situation was in terms of mail-in ballots. Uh, I think we're rapidly heading for a contested election.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, the only thing that's a comfort is that Biden is so far ahead that any challenge looks kind of ridiculous. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of avenues for mayhem and things that are going to kind of slow this down and make this more difficult to have everyone have faith in the final result. Uh, I was actually listening to last week's five thirty eight podcast, and they had... Um, elections and uh, ballot access attorney on and she was one of the nightmare scenarios or just things she was talking you know things to think about that she was throwing out there is that on you know we've got so many jurisdictions that are going to be conducting most uh, or significant part of their elections by mail and i think the assumption is that a lot of the uh people that are going to be participating by mail are probably going to skew democratic, or at least that's kind of a stereotype right now, white professionals, people that have soured on Trump. And that, so the election night count, what we get from in person is quite possibly going to be much more Trump favorable than the actual count's going to be. And so say on election night, if the media is irresponsible and just, blasts out whatever the counts are at that time. We may be looking at a bunch of states that are counting on the scale of California or Arizona, where they're going to take weeks or you know, several weeks possibly to come up with their total and finally show that you know actually Biden got more votes. But until then, you've got a whole lot of inertia and a lot of opportunity for Trump to claim victory and start up – I don't know the full extent of how he could interfere with the certification of the count, but it gives him a lot of opportunity to claim popular legitimacy in the absence of final numbers.
0: I think that's our scariest uh, position is that, so mail-in votes do usually skew Democratic. This year, Mm -hmm. they are skewing much more Democratic. There was one battleground state, I think it was Florida, uh, where request for absentee ballots or mail in ballots was seventy thirty Democrats. Yeah. Um largely because the president has been, you know, shitting all over mail in votes and it's depressing Republicans' ability to use them. Uh <coughs> I think there's a very real danger, like you said, that the election day counts on a lot of these states are going to be Trump favorable. And then we're not going to get the real vote result for another, you know, two weeks. And what's going to happen at that point? That is terrifying to me.
1: I mean, think of, I mean, we're all dinosaurs here, but think of 2000 when the election night count by the end, after a bit of chaos was Bush and that set the tone for Everything that followed, it made it so much easier for Jeb Bush and Catherine Harris to do the voodoo that they did to, yeah, push, you know, push things in, you know, a firmly anti-democratic direction.
0: You're blaming all these Republicans when really you should be blaming the old Jews who voted for Pat Buchanan. (laughs) I can't believe they would do that. Why would they vote for that man? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a butterfly ballot. They didn't really vote for him. Mm-hmm. He's well,
1: the uh, raging...
2: One half of 1% of Ralph Nader's voters. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Such for, a some, for some reason, thousands of old Jews voted for a rabid anti-Semite, and if you don't think that you know that was an accident, or because of bad ballot design, I don't really know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh,
2: so, I mean... Our best hope, right, is kind of like you were saying, our best hope is that enough big states are trending Biden ahead on election night
1: mm-hmm.
2: that nobody subsequently freaks out when they turn out
1: that way. Right. Florida. Florida, I think, is key all over again because it count it, it reports so early. Uh, they're actually – I think Florida has pretty extensive experience in – early voting, and a significant portion of their population already does, just because there's so many old people, although fewer and fewer of them all the time now. Uh, But uh, yeah, so Florida is really going to have a chance to set the tone, and they've let us down in the past.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There were some states looking to change their election laws so that they'd be able to count uh, early votes before Election Day, so that they'd have a big chunk of numbers to report the moment polls closed uh was a lot of resistance to that among groups yeah um but I, i think it might be one of the better solutions to this
1: well i mean isn't part of the safeguard though with an early voting and early by mail voting is that if somebody shows up to vote in person you can at least be sure that you can discard the uh by mail or the early vote
0: only in some states yeah some like, states allow you to do that, not others, though. And I assume uh-huh. if they're going to count early votes early, uh, they wouldn't be able to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, that's
0: it. Does definitely complicate things.
1: It was, you know, kind of something that kind of lingered in the back of my mind since the first time I voted early when I was twenty. So yeah.
0: Serious question to all this. Um, there, are they counting mail-in votes by hand? They don't have, like, a scanner they can send these things through?
1: Oh, no, they've got machines to count.
0: Well, then why does this take weeks? Uh, At least for the big dump. I I recognize that some ballots will come in later. They only have to be postmarked by Election Day. But if they can count everybody's in-person vote in, you know, one night, they should be able to count all the ballots they've gotten by that point in one night. Uh, Even if it's not, like, a final count, if they have to go through and verify things, at least a... you know, rough estimate from a machine count, uh, yeah. but a lot of these places aren't even reporting mail-in votes until like a week later.
1: Yeah, I mean California in particular is the one that comes to mind for me, but mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Hmm. All right, uh, let's move on. We'll quickly talk about the economy, and then we'll go to our local story here. Uh, unemployment went up. Uh, last week, and a bit of a surprise, the number of new un- unemployment claims rose to 1.4 million. Uh, the Republicans have sort of announced their new coronavirus relief package. It does include another $1,200 uh, direct payment to Americans. It does include an extension of the PPP program. It also, for some reason, includes over a billion dollars for a new FBI building. Not entirely sure about that one. Mitch McConnell <laughs> wasn't either. He didn't believe it at first, and then when they showed him proof, he then talked to some people, and then he said the White House really wanted it, and that's why it's in there.
1: (laughs) Well, some dungeon Trump can put Comey
0: in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Altogether, though, it does not paint a very rosy picture. Um, As Chris noted, that V-shaped bounce back of the economy is clearly not happening. Uh, the Republican plan also, by the way, uh, strips down unemployment benefits to, I believe, $200 extra from the federal government a week, plus whatever your status yeah. Yep. instead of $600. Um, 600 a week, by the way, was chosen because that is the amount somebody getting paid $15 an hour would make in a week. Uh, it was kind of a backdoor test of the new minimum wage the Democrats wanted to put into place. hmm mm-hmm. Chris, you posted the story. Any thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, many thoughts. Um, (laughs) This is bad news for Trump, which is good. It's also bad news for tens of millions of people, which is not good. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, the Democrats have a lot of a lot of room to hold out for things, but there's always a danger that backfires on you. So I always kind of nervous during these chicken negotiations. Mm. That being said, they had a bill, you know, they had their version of the bill in the House out weeks ago. And it's basically McConnell who refused to bring it forward until until
1: pressure started to build. It was months ago, wasn't it? Didn't they pass the House's bill in like May? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, really, it's just been McConnell – bluffing with a very bad hand and now they have to come up with something but like you said millions of people stand to be hurt along with Republican electoral prospects
0: yeah. it's certainly not looking good for you know, the people mm-hmm. uh, and then let's go into our national story or our local story before we wrap this up uh, the federal occupation of Portland has now spread. Uh, we saw significant violence from federal forces in Seattle the last couple days. Um, people in Oakland are not waiting for that at all. They set their courthouse on fire. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're just getting ahead of the curve. They know they're coming. Uh, there were... Two shooting incidents uh, with impact munitions on uh, Portland protesters in the last couple days that got fairly national attention, one of which was one of the Walls of Moms, who got smacked right in the forehead, uh, had to undergo some surgery on that. Um, The federal forces are just getting, if anything, even more uh, trigger-happy out there. There was also a shooting incident, this isn't local, but in uh, Austin, Texas, a car did a drive-by of uh, protesters and shot one of them, guys in the hospital in critical condition. The violence is just kind of spiraling out of control, and I really feel like the feds are the ones pushing that, and other people are dancing to their tune.
1: Yeah. You mean local cops and certain local politicians?
0: No, I mean right wingers in general.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: They, yeah. If you call something a war, people are going to think it's a war. And yeah. They're out there shooting people up.
2: Right. I mean, and for years they were doing that. You should just run over protesters, and now people are doing it.
0: People, people are, are running run over, over protesters. protesters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, There was also a a shooting in Portland downtown near the protest. There haven't been any, like, updates on that, about whether it was linked to that or who was shooting who. But uh, Portland police did make two arrests downtown in a park uh, right next to the protest after a shooting incident where somebody was hit uh, but is stable. And yeah, I just, I think you set the tone from the top. And when the tone comes down like that, people roll with it. Yeah. All right. I promised a 30 to 45 minute episode. We're about there. So this is going to do it for us, I think. Is there anything else you guys want to mention?
1: My. I think we about okay. hit it, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, it's 101 degrees in Portland today, so I'm going to go die. I hope you guys have a good time.
1: <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Best of luck, man.
0: Have a good we're one. down to the 80s now. <laughs> You're down yeah. to the 80s? <laughs> I That's wish we enough. were there. <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous here. It was 100 yesterday. It's 101 today. Uh, we're under a heat warning. I don't know where I live anymore. This is terrible. Thanks. Yeah. I knew it wasn't as rainy as Seattle, but I thought we were still, you know, the Northwest. Uh, All right,
1: I think. Oh, go ahead. Yeah.
0: Oh, Later. I was just, just going to say bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Have a good week.
0: Have a good one, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye.